Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello and welcome again to the Successful Nurse Coaches Podcast. It is Shelby here and I am doing another solo episode today about the ethics of nurse coaching. I do want to preface this episode with something that might be very obvious, but I want to cover my basis here of this is my opinion. This is how I run my own business and you are allowed to disagree with me. The American Holistic Nurses Association has a ethics of nurse coaching on their website that is very thorough. So if you want to check that out, please, please go over there. But today I want to dive into some guiding principles that I run my business by and that I'm really passionate about my clients knowing as well. And I won't say that I force this on my clients, but man, I do get a little preachy (laughs) about this from time to time. All right. So this will be a spicy session. If this is landing with you or if this is not landing with you, I encourage you to sit down and flush it out with your coach, journal about it, see where it's coming from. Again, we're allowed to disagree. All right, folks. So the three things I'm going to cover today are you, the coach, need to offer to help people, meaning you have to reach out to people and talk to them about what you do. Second point is going to be that you need to charge money for your coaching. And the last point is for my people pleasers out there that people have hired you to be their coach and not their friend. So these are three things that whenever I see them being done differently, make my blood boil. And I'm going to tell you why today. So our first point here, my first ethical standpoint here, you need to offer to help people. Isn't this what you do as a nurse, right? When someone comes in for chest pain, if you're an ER nurse or were an ER nurse like me, you don't like wait to offer to help them, right? There's a time limit. The time starts whenever they walk into the door to triage and say that they have chest pain. Don't wait to offer to help people. Nurse coaches that 
wait in the corner and watch all these people just operating daily in front of them that they could help, they're not going to come and throw their credit card at you and tell you to help them. I promise that they won't. They don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand how you can help them yet. So that is why it, why it is so important to offer. Pretend like you have a magical medicine in your pocket. Don't hoard it. Offer it to the world. Again, people are not going to come to you and ask you to coach them in the beginning. It is your job as the nurse coach to offer and reach out to people. I want to tell you a couple of stories here that paint a really cool picture of how this like plays out in real life because I think that there is a misconception that I can't reach out to people because it will feel gross. And if you have that thought, I invite you to find a new perspective on that thought because it's not actually true. I had a previous client a while ago who was working with overwhelmed moms and she posted a picture on her Facebook of her dirty kitchen table. And the caption talked about how she struggles to keep her kitchen table clean and it's just a catch-all for everything. And basically the, the essence of that post was that she was in the trenches with her clients, right? She has a lot of things figured out but doesn't have everything figured out and the kitchen table is where most of that lands. And I told her to reach out to the people who interacted on that post because it did really well and just connect with them, see how they were doing, ask how they were, thank them for supporting your small business and, and your post on Facebook. And she did. And one of the women responded and said, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I have been praying that you will reach out to me and offer to help. <laughs> Y'all, do not make this about you whenever you do the reach out, right? Our potential clients are always capable of saying no, not right now. And we don't have to talk them into anything. We get to honor the no. But had she not reached out, who knows how long it would have taken for that woman to ask for help. People, especially women in particular, I feel like have a hard time identifying when they need help and then asking for it because we create this picture or this story in our head that like other people need help more than we do or that we don't deserve help or support. And so it takes someone reaching out to us to be like, oh, thank God you saw me. <laughs> Please help me. So I just want you to remember that, that people that are showing up on your social media they, it's like a sneaky way that they're asking for support. Another story I want to share with you is I had one nurse coach make one Facebook post and make almost 20 grand off of that Facebook post. It was a post just announcing what she was doing, that she was stepping into this role as a nurse coach. She is very well supported by her community. And she just reached out and offered free sessions with most of those people and a lot of them said yes to continue working with her because she served them so powerfully. I 100% believe that the first 10 to 20 grand of your coaching money will come from an already warm market, aka your social media. On the other side of this coin, like what happens if you don't offer to help people? I have a story that I want to share with you. I was a... <laughs> 
baby nurse coach probably had less than 10 sales calls under my belt and was still very much finding my sea legs. And I connected with another nurse through Instagram and we, I did this thing, right? I said, Hey, so nice to meet you. I'm actually a nurse coach. Would you like to jump on a session? She said, yes. She was a younger nurse than me. She was a newer nurse and this is pre pandemic. She was really struggling with like what to do next in her career. And y'all, I didn't offer to help her. I went into friend mode and just said, oh my gosh, I know what that's like. It's so hard. It's so terrible, but you're going to find your way. And she even asked me on that call, like, do I have any sage advice for building confidence on the floor when she's working? And I left her hanging. I did not offer to help her. I did not support her. And I think about this nurse all the time, right? And it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to get off that call and not offer to help her because she was struggling. And that was the last time that I ever did that. I had to learn that lesson only once. And from then forward, I just promised myself that other people are in control of their yes or their no, but it wasn't going to be on me that I didn't offer to help them. So to recap, you need to offer to help people. You don't need to pin them in a corner. You don't need to hold their feet over a fire. You don't need to do any of that stuff. You just have to offer to help people and make your offer known. All right, my second ethical point here is you need to charge for your coaching. If you are not charging for your coaching, you are making it about you. And if you feel instantly mad, When I say that, again, we are allowed to disagree. And I also invite you to sit down and figure out where that's coming from or go to your coach and talk to them about it. I hear a lot. I want to make sure that coaching is available for everyone. And I just want to stop on that thought and check in. Like, do you actually believe that? Do you really want to coach everyone? Are you going to make an income ever if you coach everyone and anyone? Or do you only want to coach the people who are in it, who are committed to the work? Do you only want to coach the people who are exciting? Trust me when I say that you are going to support so many people for free along the way, right? With our method, we coach for free all the time. Even now in my business, I am still coaching for free, probably anywhere from two to six hours a week on top of all of the clients that I'm serving. Some of those clients never sign up with me. Some of them sign up six months later. And some of them are just straight up not a good fit for me and my practice. And that is also okay. But I coach so much for free. For those of you who want to run a nonprofit or serve underserved communities, I know that that is a big Like that is not part of the vision that we get to ignore, right? It would be silly of me for to tell you like, just, just ignore that and don't ever consider it. But here is what I would advise for you to do first. Take care of you and your finances first before you do sliding, sliding scale coaching or free coaching. Why? Because if you don't put on the mask first, you actually will not be able to give as freely as you want. 
there will be a tiny little bit of resentment of why you're still not making enough money to make ends meet and why people always want things from you. And that's going to feel gross, right? So take care of you and your finances first. There are plenty of people that can afford to invest in your coaching and then explore the idea of how you can powerfully serve people for free. You do not have to be a martyr and not earn any money in order to pull that off. A couple of reminders here. When your client is investing in coaching, they're not investing in you. They are not paying for your time. This is why we never encourage to do one-off sessions and that you only sell coaching packages because what selling coaching packages is, is selling someone on their own vision, right? They are investing in themselves through you as their coach. You are able to facilitate faster, more sustainable, more sustainable change in someone's life when they got money in the game. And I know that motivation can come from all different aspects and not every problem needs a coach to solve it. But there are some like, you know, the, the goal, the problem that people have spent five, 10, 15 years trying to solve on their own and they can't. Let's have them invest in it and see how it changes. I have one client in particular that's coming into mind right now who likes to work with high achieving women who are usually entrepreneurs of all different sorts. And she signed a contract with a client for six months and she came to the call and she was kind of defeated. She goes, we achieved all of her six month goals in 30 days. Like she was sad about that. And I very quickly was quick to flip the script and say, that is amazing. What's possible for your client now, now that you have condensed six months worth of work into 30 days, what is now possible for your client? What is What can she achieve now that wasn't even within the realm of possibility before working with you? Again, we don't wanna sell people short on that. I was also having a conversation with a student a few weeks ago, and it is an awkward transition, right? From doing your pro bono coaching for your certification and then all of a sudden charging for your coaching. And she's like, I just don't know how I can ask people for that much money. It just feels so weird. (laughs) And first I want to acknowledge the weirdness, right? It is going to feel weird the first few times you do it. That's totally normal. But you know, it's also really weird that people come into the hospital and they're dying and we don't tell tell them how much it's going to cost to save their life, right? Like we're not even able to guess how much it's going to be able to, how much it's going to cost. And like, I know that it's not completely predictable, but like, wouldn't it be helpful to be able to give a range? Like, hey, a week stay in the ICU, probably gonna be this much. Or if you stay on the telly floor, it might be this much. Or if you give birth, which is maybe one of the most predictable things that a hospital does, give them a ballpark for a C-section or a natural delivery. Whenever I had my heart surgery, my insurance didn't approve it until 48 hours before my scheduled date. Like that feels gross to me. As, as if that experience wasn't stressful enough, wondering if it was gonna completely hose our family financially, that would have been great to know, right? Um, so we are clear about our pricing before someone hires us, right? We handle that discussion like the leader that we are. We guide our clients through what it looks like to work with us and we are very explicit about what it all means. We lay it out, we, we put it onto paper. And for me, that feels way better than than having a middleman charge for my services in the hospital. 
All right, my last point here. People have hired you to be their coach, to not be their friend. This is for my people pleasers. And I want to acknowledge that being a people pleaser is not always a bad thing, right? Usually people pleasers make great coaches because they are obsessed with their delivery of their coaching and they are phenomenal coaches. But sometimes we get a little stuck, right? We don't want to say the hard things. We don't want to offend our clients. We don't know where the line is or what is too much. And this is where you get to really fall back on your agreements, right? You set beginning agreements of to playful out, to say hard things, to for your client to receive with positive intent. And if you need to pause and take a moment and and acknowledge that you have a tough question and remind your client that they agreed to playful out, that's a great tactic to do that, right? I get a lot of I get a lot of opportunities to support nurse coaches in supporting their clients, right? Of, oh, my client said this and I don't know where to go next. And almost always I just ask, what do you actually wanna tell this client if you weren't worried about how they're gonna react to it? And then I go tell them to say that, word for word, what they just told me directly to their client. As the coach, you know, 90% of the time you know what to say to your client next, but where we can be a little bit afraid to say it, right? So fall back on your agreements, Your client is there for you to say hard things, right? They're attracted to coaching for a reason. If your client loves you all of the time, might be time to start assessing if you are, if you are holding back, right? And it's not to say things just to say things to get a reaction out of people or to say things just for the sake of being spicy, right? But there is that agreement of, I agree to say things to you that no one else will say. I agree to say the hard things, the truthful things, the things I think are in most service to you. And you are always in control of the conversation, but I agree to bring the heat, to hold the line, to hold your vision as as the top priority. You can't say that and then not deliver. This was on the forefront of my mind in the beginning of 2021. I felt like I was holding back in my coaching and I couldn't exactly like pinpoint why. And I got some support around that. I hired a coach for that and I identified my own people pleasiness and I got to the bottom of it and I was able to be in a container where very powerful coaches were just like delivering and dialed in an extra spicy, extra, extra spicy. And there's one thing that I've learned over 2021 is that the spicier I get in my own coaching, the better results my clients have. The faster that they evolve, the faster that they get through their own BS. When I don't hold back, it is actually in the best service of them. And it's always with love and it's always with positive intent and it's always on purpose. But like, I don't know what I was doing before. (laughs) I, it, yeah, I, I have no regrets to to really being the coach and not trying to be or subconsciously trying to be their friend. All right, team. So those are my my three guiding principles. Those are the three big ones about my own ethics and my own practice. And something that I again will will <laughs> I will die on this hill is some of I've had a lot of conversations in my DMs about pricing and all this, that and the other and Again, we are allowed to disagree. There are a hundred ways to do this. I just know that this way works. 
And these guiding principles have served me really well and have served my clients really well too. And I, yeah, thank you for letting me share them all with you. So is there anything that you would like to add? Does anything resonate with you? Does anything kick up some, some dust for you? I would absolutely love to know. You can come hang out in our Facebook group, The Successful Nurse Coaches, and tell me all about it. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Bye.